Welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin, where sometimes the minister gets laryngitis. We are a spiritual community dedicated to the free search for truth and meaning, and we're glad you're here. I would like to extend a special welcome to those of you visiting with us for the first time. We come from a long heritage of teaching that there is a spark of the divine in every person. And so it is in the spirit of that heritage that I ask you to greet the holy in our midst by turning to the person to your right and left, welcoming them here this morning. The reading this morning is by Paul Robeson. I shall take my voice wherever there are those who want to hear the melody of freedom or the words that might inspire hope and courage in the face of despair and fear. My weapons are peaceful, for it is only by peace that peace can be attained. The song of freedom must prevail. may ask you, if you go to this church that has in it agnostics, atheists, people who are from the Buddhist tradition, the Jewish tradition, the Christian tradition, people who still hold dear the rituals of their youth and the religion they have now, which is Unitarian Universalism, how do you hold it all together? And you can say, well, one of the things that holds us together is our mission, and we say it every Sunday. We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. Go in peace. Live simply, gently at home in yourselves. Act justly. Speak justly. Remember the depth of your own compassion. Forget not your power in the days of your powerlessness. Do not desire to be wealthier than your peers, and stint not your hand of charity. Practice forbearance. Speak the truth, or speak not. Take care of yourselves as bodies, for you are a good gift. Crave peace for all people in the world, beginning with yourselves, and go as you go with the dream of that peace alive in your heart. Let us continue our meditation. <clears throat> the Buddhist loving-kindness prayer or metta meditation. We say this three times. The first time for ourselves. I'll say a line and you say it after me if you choose to. You're using this as a spiritual practice, which you're welcome to do. You say this for yourself for six months before you even try to say it for someone else. May I be free from danger. May I be mentally happy. May I be physically happy. May I have ease of well-being. The second time we say it for someone we love. May you be free from danger. 
May you be mentally happy. May you be physically happy. May you have ease of well-being. The third time as a spiritual stretch, we say this for somebody against whom we have a resentment. Don't look around when you're trying to get somebody in mind. May you be free from danger. May you be mentally happy. May you be physically happy. May you have ease of well-being. May it be so. So I've been doing a sermon series on the Buddhist Eightfold Path. And um, the universe loves irony. Today I'm talking about right speech. And I have not been able to talk for a week. I am a noisy person. It's stressful for everybody. I think it might have been peaceful for everybody for a day or two. Um, Right speech entails abstaining from lying, abstaining from divisive speech, abstaining from abusive speech, and abstaining from idle chatter. So at least I know I've been perfect on all counts for five days. What you say in your head doesn't matter. What you say in your head doesn't matter. What you say in your head doesn't matter. Usually I tell the truth. I have a little bit of ADD, so I can't remember what I said unless it's the truth that I don't have to remember except when I'm being nice to somebody about the kind of music they like. Then I have been known to tell a truth that was a lie. One time I used to work um, in an office and there were uh, dear friends in desks on either side of me and we were the only ones there. I was on the phone all day long with people I didn't know and we would get into conversations. And um, my dear friend Pat overheard me say in a conversation about bluegrass, which I can listen to maybe one bluegrass song unless I'm singing. And then I have to change the station. Celtic music, maybe three songs. So I'm sorry I've just insulted like a third of the room. Although we do not have to like the same music in order to like each other. So Pat, my dear friend, is listening to me talk to this guy about bluegrass. And then he hears me say, yeah, um, I do have a special feeling in my heart for bluegrass music. He started slapping his desk. 
when we lie, we damage the bond between people. Because if you lie, people do not know who you are. If they don't know who you are, they can't relate to you. They're relating to something else. Lying makes us all sick. The one who's doing the lying and the one who's being lied to. You both get sick. We live in a culture of speech all around us. Talking, 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 talking. We read emails and ads and we watch TV. We talk to one another. Almost all ads are lies. Almost all TV is lies of one sort or another. One of the big lies that we tell ourselves and each other is to say you will do something and then not do it. That is one that we're all guilty of. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you just go. Doing what you say you will do is the first step to rebuilding self-esteem and character. You say you'll do something and you do it. Doing what you say you will do, telling the truth, makes more happiness and less suffering. To find someone who speaks the truth is a treasure. And to be a person who speaks the truth makes you a treasure. So, I'm going to point out something. There's a wonderful Buddhist teacher named Eric Polvig. And he says that the Buddha did not say, if you lie, you're a bad person. There's nothing of that in Buddhism. Don't do this, you'll be bad. Buddhism just says, there's harmful and there's not harmful. Harmful is destructive and not harmful increases the peace in the world. So all Buddhism asks us to do is notice, just notice when you lie, what happens when you tell the truth, what happens. Everybody wants to be happy, almost everybody. Some people love being miserable, but that's another sermon. So the Eightfold Path, which is made up of right understanding, right thought, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, Right mindfulness and right concentration is the way to freedom from suffering, which for many people is close to happiness. So if you notice yourself lying, don't beat yourself up. There is some delicious drama in thinking that you're a bad person. Oh, I'm a terrible person. then not only do the people around you have to live with you the way you are, but they also have to reassure you, just like double the work. So just notice and let yourself wonder, what would this situation be like if I were more truthful in a loving way? What would this situation be like? I just wonder because 
Wondering is the way to change things, not willing. You just wonder. It invites yourself and the whole world to change. So, abstaining from divisive speech is the next element of right speech. What's that? It's anything that drives a wedge between us. So, if I gossip about her over there to you over there, even if it's true, then you know something about her that she doesn't know that you know. And so every time you interact with her, you have to remember that you're not supposed to know this thing about her that you know, but she doesn't know that you know. And it makes you have to be careful. It's a terrible burden to place upon somebody to say, I'm going to tell you something, but you can't tell her. People even say that to couples, partners. I'm going to tell you something, but don't tell your wife. That's divisive. Understand? Okay. You're not a bad person if you do it. Just notice whether it brings happiness or damage. So when there has been a divisive element dropped into a relationship, then there's this road between you that you have to travel, and it's like there's a big boulder in the middle of the road. So every time you travel the road, you have to go around the boulder. Remember, what do I know that I'm not supposed to know? Where did I hear that? And, oh. um, in one of the books I read this week, Rabbi Stephen Weiland says, <clears throat> we shouldn't say something about this person that lowers them in the estimation of the person you're speaking to. Unless you're giving a factual warning about someone to prevent harm or loss, and then you do that with doubt. You say, I don't know. This person may have changed. But in the last congregation in which they were uh, treasurer, they embezzled $250,000. So you may not want to vote for this person for treasurer. They could have changed. I don't know. It could be, and some people take it this far, that even talking about someone who's not there can be divisive, even if it's positive. So the Buddhist teachers that I read (sighs) recommended just being mindful about when you're talking about a third person that is not there. Just notice. Um, It's not always harmful, but it often is. One Buddhist teacher, Joseph Goldstein, tells He said, for several months, I tried not to speak about any third person. No gossip. 90% of my speech was eliminated. Before I did that, I had no idea. I'd spent so much time and energy engaged engaged in that kind of talking. My talking hadn't been malicious, but it just had been useless. He said, I found a lot of my speech had been a judgment somebody else. And by stopping that kind of speech for a while, I even became less judgmental about myself, which was great. The third element in the Buddhist teaching about right speech is that you should refrain from abusive speech. Even when driving, 
apparently the Buddhist teachers have noticed that it makes you sick when you heap abuse on other people because it's likely that you also heap abuse on yourself in that same way. You call yourself like stupid or ugly or powerless or like the tiger in the cage. You tend to talk to other people the way you talk to yourself, especially those closest to you. So I have told you before about my friend Pat, who I worked with, who was slapping his desk when I talked about bluegrass to that guy. Pat always um, says when somebody cuts him off in traffic, well, bless her heart, I bet she just got out of the hospital. Especially when you hear abusive speech as a child, it tends to stick in your heart and then you speak to yourself that way because you just keep that voice in your head. When someone speaks to you abusively, understand that they have been poisoned and that they can't even see you clearly and that what they're doing tells you much more about them than ever it does about you. Sometimes we are tempted to tell the truth in a way that is abusive. We say, well, it's the truth. But there are ways to say it, and there are ways that are abusive to say it. If we use the truth as a weapon against somebody, it can do harm. Hard truths should be said in love, gently, with respect, and with a willingness for hard truths to be said about you, to you, as well. In this congregation's covenant of healthy relations that we agree to when we sign the book, we agree to speak with honesty, respect, and compassion. It's quite a cocktail. Honesty, respect, and compassion. Difficult. That's a spiritual path all in itself. So it's an important balancing act to have compassion both for the person about whom you're talking and the person to whom you're talking. Now, in the South, where I spent the last 20 years, you can say anything about anybody if you say, bless his heart afterwards. It can be helpful to know this. I don't know if this is a rule in Texas or not. I don't think it's the same. So you can say, well, she is homely. Bless her heart. Or, yeah, that whole family has trouble with the truth. Bless their hearts. And they are bad to drink. I'm not sure if the Buddha would recognize that as mitigating the harmful speech. The last element of right speech, according to the Buddha's teaching, is abstaining from idle chatter. So I read this story. 
in a book of spiritual story about a man who decided he wouldn't speak if it wasn't necessary. And he was silent for the next 13 years. And that made me mad. I was hoping he wasn't married or partnered. Because I think you need to say I love you to your partner at least once a day. I used to be a couple's counselor. I don't know if you know that. And there was one guy who came in with his wife. And he said, she never tells me she loves me. And I'm lonely for it. And she said, I told you on the day we married that I loved you. And I'll let you know if it changes. Asking somebody how was their day strengthens your relationship. I have a friend who's married to a wonderful guy, and um, she says, so how was your day? And he says, do you want my version or your version? Because his version is, it was fine. And she said, I want my version. I got up and then I brushed my teeth. And so I'm hoping that silent man didn't even have a dog. There is a Wiccan teacher named Starhawk who says that gossip is community building. It's okay in her book to tell stories about third parties if they're true and not harmful. It's not useless speech to hear interesting stories about mountains someone else has climbed, solutions they found to parenting dilemmas, colorful ways that they met, partners, decorated homes, started businesses, got jobs, etc. How do you decide what's idle chatter? I know it when I hear it. Sure you do too. So the Talmud says God spoke to the tongue and said, All the other parts of the body I have made standing up, but you I have made lying down, and I have built walls around you. The word is powerful. It can create and it can destroy. Choose to create. Your inner wisdom will guide you. This is a presentation of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, visit our website at www.austinuu.org.